tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm. Monkey see, monkey do, right? Isn't that what we do pretty much every day, Mark? I guess. Yeah. Well, when the first story on the list of things to go over today oh, is about oh, yeah. an escaped monkey, and I'm thinking, you know, when LaDonna sees this story, I know her first thing is going to be, why did you not go to Kentucky and find me a monkey? <laughs> she, how long has she wanted a monkey for as long as you've known her? Probably, I think, since she was seven. I think it was right in that area. Yeah. When she was looking, she had a monk monk. That's a stuffed monkey, uh, right? Oh, yeah. And, okay. you know, we all have something small from our childhood. Sure, that yeah. We have, you know, whether it's Rosebud, you know, and Citizen mm-hmm. Kane. or yeah. Well, monk monk is LaDonna's Rosebud. <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a sled. It is just equal to it. <sighs> have you ever seen Citizen Kane? Yes. Okay. Yes, then yeah. you know what Rosebud is. I okay. Yes, yeah, it's a sled. Yes. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> I saw, anyway, so yeah, I saw Citizen Kane outdoors at an outdoor screening on the campus of the University of Alabama when I oh. was about 12, 13, oh. something like that. Yikes. Yeah, long time ago. You might want to watch it again. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. I'll add that to my and list. Be, <laughs> before you do, though, but yes. you, need to, you need to go back and look at the history of, um, of the character Charles Foster Kane and who mm-hmm. he is based on. And, you know, do a little study there sure. before you watch the movie. Because yeah. then when you watch the movie, you realize this was Orson Welles' first film. Mm-hmm. And he's starring, writing, directing. And uh, it's that's what makes it, I think, the most amazing American film right. you know, yeah. that he did. It. I yeah. think he was 26 when he pulled it all off. Yeah. But Orson Welles is the guy who said that everything you can learn about filmmaking, okay, everything you need to know about filmmaking, you can learn in three days. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that's en- why he did it. Oddly enough, no monkeys in the film. Uh, pol- uh, there might have been one running the camera, Mark. <laughs> Police in Kentucky helped a hey, resident. thing. <laughs> yes. LaDonna's monk monk. Yes. We were telling, there was a monkey, uh, uh, Curious George yes. monkey thing downstairs, mm-hmm. and, and Braylon saw him. And I said, hey, you know, your your mamu has, and she calls, he calls mom, uh, LaDonna mamu. I said, she's got a stuffed monkey upstairs that she's had since she was your age. Do you want to see it? He goes, oh, no. Papa. I know about Monk Monk. I know where Monk Monk is. Oh, no. You don't need to tell me anything about Monk Monk. I'm like, dude, sorry. Didn't know I was peeling a scab there, buddy. Apparently, apparently LaDonna has tried to indoctrinate the young man yep. into the cult of Monk Monk. I'm not kidding. I, I, I'm, I'm serious, man. There's like this cartoon book up there, you know, and it's got drawings in it. Oh, my goodness. All right. So Monk well, Monk got loose in Kentucky. Yeah, police in Kentucky helped a resident unite with their unusual escaped pet, a capuchin monkey. The Lexington Police Department said officers received a call Tuesday about a missing monkey named Max. Max and his family were traveling on I-75 when they were involved in a collision, they said in a Facebook post. During the crash, Max got loose and his family was unable to locate him, but they never gave up hope in finding him. Road crews working Thursday on I-75 spotted Max near the road and contacted the cops. Officers, along with members of the the Lexington uh, Lexington Fayette Animal Care and Control, were able to contact Max's family and reunite them, the department said. So, hooray. Hooray. Yay. (laughs) You know, a capuchin monkey, those are the ones that have kind of the furry face. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
they, but they, a lot of people have them as pets and right, yeah. they are, I don't know why. And I don't know if they're good pets or not. I don't know what a good monkey pet is. You know, right, yeah. we all know the same monkey pet story. Yes. We Anybody do. who has a monkey tells the same story about mm-hmm. what they do when you leave them in their cage and they're not being entertained, you know, right. they entertain themselves. And so hey, it's hey, just hey, one hey. of the many things that you learn from monkeys. A bored monkey is a messy monkey. Let's just say yes. that. Yes. He'll, he will redecorate your house Boy, and yeah. your wallpaper. Mm-hmm. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, you know, um, you and I both are kind of movie guys. Yeah. Uh, we like the industry and following the movies and the stories behind them and all that. When I first heard the term Bollywood, mm. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I, I thought it was like a punchline. I didn't yeah. know that it was a real thing. Did you? Um, I I think I saw it the first time in context, so I understood what it was. Mm. You know, it's just. Okay. But, but if you see it, if you don't, I mean, yeah. you, hello, what is that? You know? Right. I, I really did think, okay, I'm not repeating this, you know, yeah. because somebody's going to be mocking me. That's <laughs> right. Yes. I just kind of took it to heart. And then over time I realized, okay, this is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the film industry in India, the Bollywood. Yeah. And I, it's, it's apparently pretty huge. And from an American perspective, pretty entertaining, pretty funny because <laughs> you, you can look at some of them. I need to dig one up and send it to you because there was a, a one that there was a clip that was making the round several years ago that was absolutely hilarious. And I, I would be willing to bet you haven't seen it, but it's, it's from okay. an Indian film. It's a dance scene. It's a huge, huge production number and it's been subtitled and all of it's just very, very wrong. Let's just, okay. it's all very, very, and it's very, very funny, but there's this Indian act, actor. His name is Ash K Kumar. He's broken. Ladies and gentlemen, a Guinness World Record. What is that? Ah. It's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. He did it by snapping selfies with fans. 184 fans in three minutes. Kumar took on the record for the most selfies taken in three minutes at Mehub uh, Studios in Mumbai. More than 240 fans split into two lines, and Kumar stood between them so he could uh, pivot quickly and snap a new selfie with another fan. Kumar took 209 photos in the allotted time, but some were disqualified due to poor quality. He successfully broke the record with 184 selfies, beating British man James Smith's record of 168. Kumar attempted the record while promoting his film (laughs) Selfie, Selfie, which oddly enough is the name of the film, Selfie. It opens on Friday. Um, Previous holders of the record include Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Donnie Wahlberg. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that either one of those cats had a Guinness Book of World Records in their past. No, me either. I figured there's some kind of record in their past, but not that one. <laughs> <laughs> FM, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, um, a little bit ago we were talking about um, Bollywood and, mm-hmm. and this Guinness Book of World Records for taking selfies and you mentioned um, that Donnie Wahlberg yes. and Dwayne The Rock Johnson both had, at one point in time, held the record. Right. Um, Donnie Wahlberg, it, it's he's been a, you know, he was the one of the main players in the group New Kids on the Block. Right, and, yeah. And, you know, he trans, he became an actor over time. The funniest part, though, was his little brother, Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> was not allowed in New Kids on the Block. Really? But 
Yeah, he wanted to be, but he was younger, the younger brother. He wasn't read. He mm. just, they didn't give him the chance. And that's why he ended up going out on his own yeah. as Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and had a huge hit with Good Vibration. Right. Actually, be, you know, it was a number one hit, big huh. time. Okay. And then he walked that into an acting career. And his acting career has been much bigger than Donnie's, although yeah. Donnie's has become successful. I think he's been on the TV show Blue Bloods with Tom yeah. Selleck. Yeah. And, you, know. you would say he's regularly employed. Yeah. Yes. And, he, and he's very <laughs> successful. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but Mark Wahlberg has become a huge, you know, movie actor. Mm. And yet this past weekend, uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, they had the uh, Screen Actors Guild Awards, and he gave an award to the cast of um, uh, mostly Asian uh, film or pro, uh, I guess film it was called uh, everything everywhere all at once. Yes. And, um, it won an award for something. And, and he, uh, Mark Wahlberg presented this award to this predominantly Asian cast mm -hmm. and people have gone just crazy, uh, nuts about it because when Mark Wahlberg was 16, Mark 16, growing up on the mean streets of Boston, doing a lot of drinking, drugging, stealing, just yeah. being a bad kid. Yeah. All right. Stupid bad 16 yeah. year old. Yeah. Yes. And, and again, he was 16 years old and he ended up, I, I don't, I'm, I guess the best way is just to say at 16, Mark Wahlberg attacked a Vietnamese man mm. in the head with a stick um, while he was trying to steal alcohol. And he punched another Vietnamese person in the face mm. uh, while trying to avoid the police. Mm. One man goes to the hospital, okay, and one man was blinded. However, mm. the man that was blinded, it has been linked to Wahlberg for many years. The man that was blinded was already blind, okay? Wow. Okay. Mark Wahlberg did not blind him, but he did attack him. Now, he was 16. It was a violent attack trying to steal beer. He went to jail for this at the time. He spent 45 days in jail Yeah. at 16 and paid for it. And then you look at his life since then. That was a big factor in his life change. Okay. Yeah. That was in 1988. He turned his life around. He stopped running with that crowd. He became a different man. And over the last, you know, 30 years, he has become a big player in Hollywood. He has given back to his community. He has done a lot of good things. So he gives this award out Saturday night to this mostly Asian cast. Yeah. And everybody's losing their cookies because of what he did when he was 16. Wow. One of the tweets I saw, and I thought I was, I, it, it was comparing Marky Mark or Mark Wahlberg and Will Smith. They immediately said Will Smith wasn't allowed to give out an award. Wow. And you're like, wait a minute. There's a big difference between what you do as a child at 16 years mm -hmm. old and then spend 30 plus years making up for, in this case, 35 years later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what Will Smith did. And by the way, he did that as a child, as a kid. And what Will Smith did in front of the whole world as an adult man less than a year ago. Hmm. You cannot compare the two. They're not the same thing. No, they're not. But no. they're trying to make it into a racist issue saying that if Will Smith was white, he would be treated like Mark, Mark, you know, like yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And if Mark Wahlberg was black, you know, it's just an amazing thing how far liberals will go to, to try to prove a point and try to hurt at this point, making it a race issue. Okay. Mm. Yeah. When it's not, if Will Smith is a black man, he hit a black man on stage, Chris Rock. Mm. White Mark Wahlberg is a 16-year-old white kid from the south side of Boston yeah. who did attack two Vietnamese men. He has since apologized, by the way. He has gone to jail. He has done many things to try to make up for it. He has not walked away from it. He hasn't denied it, you know. 
but how long do we make people pay for what they did as a kid? How long should I have to pay for something I did when I was 16, Mark? No, the, the guy's 51 years old now. The sun never sets on that kind of um, that kind of cultic, righteous anger. Because these people, I mean, the left, leftism, wokeism, I love the way uh, uh, Elon Musk referred to it as the woke mind virus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this, it's a cultic thing. It's very cultic. And they just never forget anything and never forgive. There is no forgiveness. He could actually grovel before them and beg for their forgiveness, and they wouldn't give it to him. They would never would. Oddly enough, He's been appearing lately. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of him with a cross of ashes on his forehead uh, for Lent. He's recently right. really embraced his faith, mm-hmm. and he's turned back to he's turned back to his roots, his Catholic roots, and embraced his faith. And he's very outspoken about it. And mm-hmm. it's interesting. He through his life, you telling that story just kind of brings it into focus. Through his life, he's he's done all the dumb things, but now the things that he was raised with are pulling him back, or calling him back again. So those little those little the hooks of faith in his life that were planted there when he was a child are drawing him back in again, and he's finding out that all the things that he searched for in his life pretty much were he was searching for what he had when he was a kid that they were trying to teach him when he was a kid that he needed to attach himself to God and follow the example of Jesus. And that's what he's trying to do now. And that's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. The fact that he is appearing on TV, he's I'm, I'm looking at a, I I just walked, I pulled him up. I did a Mark, Mark Wahlberg Lent search. And there's picture Uh, after picture, after picture, after picture, after picture of him in interviews with his, with his cross of ashes on his forehead, Mm -hmm. you know, and wow. it's, you know, so he's doing what he can to serve as an example to his kids and anybody who will pay attention that there is a way to live and it ain't the way he lived before. And isn't that what you just pointed out? A biblical truth of raising up a child. Exactly. Life radio.fm. This is the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, we started off the day with a lost monkey. <laughs> So, well, well, not actually here, but you know, no, our story. And, and so it just stands to reason we would have another missing something. And it, this time yep. it's a missing cat, yeah. but I've always wondered if you really have a missing cat. Okay. And you're reunited, reunited with it. Did the cat really want to be reunited? I, I mean, I know cats do their own thing. You said that for, if you own a cat, you're not the owner, you're the help. You're the staff. Yeah, you yeah. are. Well, authorities in Virginia said a cat that was missing for nine years, nine years, was wow. reunited with her owner after showing up on a local resident's porch. Henry Coe County Police said in a Facebook post that its Animal Protection Unit dispatched an animal protection officer on Tuesday when a local resident called to report a stray cat had taken up residence on their porch and was refusing to leave. Hmm. The officer hmm. brought the cat back to the county shelter where the feline there it is was scanned for a microchip and identified as piper a cat reportedly missing nine years earlier Uh, the post said after searching for so long the owner eventually just marked her as deceased with the microchip company however piper clearly had other plans the post included photos of piper reuniting with her owner it says uh it says the moral of the story microchips help pets get back to their family make sure to microchip your pet Keep your contact uh, info up to date. Uh-huh. Cat's thinking nine years. I had it good for nine years. 
I was out. And they keep pulling me back. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show, and we just off air during the music talking about leap year. And yeah. I today being that if you're, it depends on when you're listening to this, but we're doing this show on Tuesday, February twenty eighth, right, two thousand twenty three, or right. twenty twenty three, or right. ought twenty three, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jane asked right. me the other day. Oh, she says to me, "Isn't this a leap year?" And, and no, it's not. Next year is a leap year. So there's. 20, 29 days in February next year, but not this year. You know, um, when we were kids, um, my, <laughs> my sister made, uh, we were probably, I don't know, seven, something like that. And she asked my older brother, Hey, it, what is a leap year? What does that mean? I just remember this as a kid yeah. and my brother, Mike, who now is, you know, bivocational pastor, former mayor has been a state representative, chief of police at the age of nine told my seven-year-old sister, oh, leap year, it means that you have to leap from the sidewalk to the curb and back over the grass, and you're not allowed to touch the grass, but you have to do that when you walk to school. Good for him. That's a, But it's only on this one day. It's the last day of February every year. That's and funny. she was so on the way to school that day, you know, Andrea goes to the curb and walks along the sidewalk, and she's jumping on the grass. The rest of us are walking on the sidewalk. We're like, what are you doing? It's leap year. <laughs> That's awesome. That's they don't really get along good. now, by the way. Saying, you know. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> One of the nicer things that happened growing up. I also remember seeing those uh, dragonflies, mm -hmm. and uh, my granny told her that, <laughs> wow, everybody was mean to Andrea. Now yeah. I realize why she's been in therapy. I told Andrea <laughs> that don't let the dragonfly get you because if you have your mouth closed when the dragonfly comes around, he'll sew your mouth shut. That's funny. And so, yeah, you'd see Andrea running around Paso Robles, California, with her mm -hmm. mouth wide open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great well that all started because because i ran across this little thing in in show prep yesterday there's about two hundred thousand people in the united states 4.1 million people worldwide are leap day babies hmm. people born on february 29th you have a birthday every four years so right <laughs> wow that's crazy imagine that though imagine that your birthday is on february 29th yeah really yeah <laughs> and they and it all goes back to caesar augustus you know mm -hmm. the month of august being named after him yeah and he could not have his month have fewer days in it than <laughs> july okay and yeah so he was like wait a minute uh-huh yeah so they said well we got to take a day from somewhere and so they took a day from february put mm. it in august so we have july is 31 days mm. august is 31 days okay and then february and to balance the calendar out every four years you have the 29th of february that's where that all started okay. great ego all right <laughs> and actually you know because it should have been those of us born in september should have been a 31 day month mm. but no no augustus <laughs> had to have 31 mm. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, when um, I was growing up, we, uh, I've talked about it, we were not well off financially as a family. We didn't really know that, be, you know, because as a kid, you're, I think your parents should shield you from certain things. And sure. that was something yeah. we were shielded from. I mean, we never, I never had Legos. Um, 
I think I had a generic form of them that didn't really stick together that good. Mm. Um, and they were from a yard sale, and they were probably 50 years old even then. So, anyway. Um, well, let's just say my, they'd been stepped on a lot. A lot. And they did, And thing is, you got to remember, you have Legos, and then you have the Lego generic knockoff, right? Right. Well, the generic knockoff doesn't stick together as good as the light. They're not as good. Right. It, it, they look kind of the same, but they're not as good. And so, if they're not as good, if the one thing Legos have to do would be to snap together and stay that way. Um, and you buy the generic form that doesn't, you know, mm. you don't have a lot of fun with it. True. So I thought Legos were the stupidest thing of all time because mine never stuck together. Mm. They never matched up. They just, ah. and um, now you see, it was only years. Yeah. And now you see people building like the, the space shuttle enterprise out of yeah. them and the, you yeah. know, the Washington monument and all kinds of stuff out of Legos and they go on well, display they did, in the mall and so, wow. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. even before the Lego, you know, the Lego movie didn't yeah. make Legos popular again. No. They did the Lego movie because Legos were popular. Exactly. Yeah. And anyway, the actual real Legos, which I will tell you, Mark, they are not cheap. Okay. No, no they're not. And I think it is patently Re oh, okay <laughs> if you have to buy you want to buy a gift for a kid right a four or five year old they're yeah. old enough to have legos but not the really teeny smart you know the bigger pieces right and it's a good gift it really is but when you go to the, and you you want to buy a gift for a kid and maybe they're kind of a cousin you don't really they're you're not close to them but you got to buy them a gift right yeah and so you think well you know 10 bucks and you go and you think, I'll buy Legos. That'll be easy. Legos, 10 bucks, good for me. <laughs> You'll get and two the blocks. only thing you can get, yeah, <laughs> 10 bucks in Legos is going to buy you something really just small. It is. You need, yeah. a, you, you need to sell it with a microscope to figure out what these parts are, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, if you're going to buy something that actually will work for that child's age, it's going to be 30 bucks or more. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's just shocking how expensive it is. Yeah. And they're evil, but. I digress, but you can build cool things out of them. And I, I think that's yeah. the whole thing. And, uh, this is a story about building something cool out of Legos. It's a story of a man named Brady. <laughs> no, it's actually a story about a turtle missing its back legs. A Mississippi box turtle that lost its back legs is getting around on his own again. Thanks to a set of wheels custom built by a team of young Lego enthusiasts, the turtle named Lieutenant Dan, oh, come on! <laughs> in honor of the legless character from Forrest Gump, was brought to the Central Mississippi Turtle Rescue in September after losing its back legs doing, uh, due to being hit by a car. You've got magic legs. <laughs> Jennifer Westrich took Lieutenant Dan home as a foster pet, and uh, she was showing him off, and she showed off these scrapes and wear and tear on its shell where it's been dragging its shell because it can't, it can't, you know, get the shell up off the ground. Well, the first Lego league in DeSoto County, which is composed of school kids aged nine to 14, took on the task of restoring Lieutenant Dan's mobility. The team worked for two, for two hours to assemble Lego pieces into a sturdy wheelchair for the turtle. Um, first Lego league member river DeHaven said, it's really cool to see a turtle in its own tiny car. <laughs> Being able to let wow. the turtle go outside and enjoy itself was definitely a good feeling. Westrich said in a Facebook post that the wheels will help the turtle explore the outdoors when the weather warms up. She said the turtle will likely have a permanent home with her family. Wow. Yeah. That is such a great lesson. It is. Man, you know, 
think about it. You got kids between the ages of nine and 14 and they just learned an amazing thing. I love it. Yeah. I, yikes, man. Wait a minute. Is this a school or is it a uh, public a group? I mean, yeah. Okay. That's just amazing. It that is. really is good, good for them. Good for them. LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show. Yeah, Mark, was, you were just telling me about uh, ordering something from Amazon. Right. And getting it so quick because Amazon has the facility in Birmingham, right? Right, yeah. Where You remember where Century Plaza, Century yeah. Plaza, we did the, uh, the yeah. uh, we attempted to do the car giveaway at Century yeah. Plaza, remember? Oh. Yeah. Healing that, that scab, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, that's me, buddy. But uh, it's gone now. They raised it to the ground and built an Amazon uh, warehouse wow. there. So <clears throat> now we have an Amazon whole, warehouse. So in, that whole mall, it's gone. Whole yeah. Century Plaza Mall yeah. was totally taken down. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. You people. know, that's one of those places that LaDonna growing up, my wife LaDonna growing up uh, about an hour, about halfway between Atlanta and Birmingham. And the youth group from her church when she was a kid, um, they would go to Century Plaza. That was the big mall for them to go to, to go Christmas shopping and stuff as yep. an event they did. Like the, I don't know, I, it was between Thanksgiving and Christmas, just where they took the kids to go shopping, you know? Yeah. Which, boy, can you imagine doing that now? But yeah. anyway. They did it at Century Plaza. How weird mm. is that? Yeah, that's so they tore the whole place down. Right across from the Century Plaza used to be the original mall for the area, Eastwood Mall. And oh wow, that, that was there for a long time, and they tore it down and built a super <laughs> Walmart shopping center there. So, wow, yeah, holy. Mo- at any rate, right, so now, yeah, so now it's an Amazon thing, but so yeah. you can get stuff quicker. Yeah, I, I've been surprised lately to see things on Amazon uh, that say. It's, it tells you when it's going to arrive. It says, we'll arrive tomorrow if ordered within the certain, this right. time frame. So yeah. I've had a handful of things that way lately. Wow. Like those bulbs. You know, I, the bulbs right. for my taillights. Yeah. Yeah. For my well, so when I order, it's, you want to talk about weird, man, where I live. Again, halfway between Atlanta and Birmingham, okay? Yeah. And I if I have to mail something, let's just say that I've got to uh, pay a bill at the vet, okay? And I mail it because they're not open that off, you know, and sure. it's not convenient to agree. So if I mail a letter, okay, to go to the veterinary uh, that is really a mile from my house to the vet, if I put it in the mail, it's that letter, okay, it's going to go to Birmingham mm-hmm. before it comes back here to go to that vet. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it is am- I'm like, really? We don't have a way to avoid this? Yeah. I mean, this goes down to, okay, so Amazon builds a facility there. Amazon's just a tad bigger than I, I can't imagine, you know, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I just, yeah. I found it fascinating that you can get something quickly from Amazon because they have the facility there. Meanwhile, I mail a letter from here yeah. to go across, to mail it across the street, you know, and boom, it's mm-hmm. got to go to Birmingham and probably, it probably goes to Nashville on its way. You know, <laughs> it actually may go to Atlanta first and then go to right. Birmingham. <laughs> It's just crazy. I, I remember seeing that one time when somebody told me they had mailed me something from Aniston. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, dude, when did you mail it? You know? Yeah. And I, and I got it like, it was like three days. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I got it all the while. I thought they were lying. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I really felt bad because it was somebody I looked up to, you know? And yeah. I was like, but when I saw the stamp on the letter, I'm like, oh man, really? You I, went to Birmingham. I have watched tracking on packages that have been sent by the U S postal service and seen them coming across the country and right. they'll hit, they'll, and I'll see, Oh, it's in, why is it in Bessemer? 
It's an investment right. down south of Birmingham, and then it hits right. the main Birmingham facility, and then it gets put <laughs> on a truck and goes to Pinson, which is just south of wow. me, and then it goes from Pinson and comes out to to where I live. You know, wow. It, so it changes hands a bunch of times when yeah. it gets to the Birmingham area, and sometimes it will take that package, depending on how much they spent on the you know on the shipping. It will take. Days, days, several days wow. to get from Bessemer to Birmingham to Pinson to my house. <laughs> it's just like it came from Los Angeles right. and it got to Bessemer in two days, but it takes three more days to get it to my house. There What's go. going on here? <laughs> liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, you know, over the last couple of months, we have really delved into Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. And, <laughs> yes, uh, we have. <laughs> Jim Fowler and Marlon Perkins. and <laughs> There you go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking when I saw that Mutual of Omaha, I didn't know it was insurance or whatever it is, you know? Yes. As a kid. I just thought it had something to do with Omaha, Nebraska, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the animals, and anyhow, yeah. This is like we okay. We had the monkey story um, earlier, right? Yes, yeah. We had okay. Monk Monk was earlier today. Then we had the the cat who right. escaped for nine years but was yeah. caught anyway. <laughs> we got the turtle yes. that uh, was given a Lego wheelchair, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And now <laughs> I feel like Jim Fowler. <laughs> yeah, the St. Louis Zoo was placed on lockdown last Thursday when an Andean bear escaped from his habitat for the second time this month. Hmm. Zoo officials said the four-year-old bear named Ben escaped from his outdoor habitat about 1 p.m., and they implemented a lockdown with guests being escorted to indoor facilities. Ben was safely recaptured about an hour later in the river's edge area of the zoo near his enclosure. The bear previously escaped from his enclosure on February 7th when he tampered with the steel mesh surrounding the exhibit, causing a cable to break. The zoo said steel cargo clips have been added to reinforce the enclosure, but Ben still (laughs) managed to escape again. The method of his most recent escape was unclear. Officials said they're looking into further measures to secure the habitat. I think they need to look for tunnels. Tom, Dick, and Harry, you know? Because you talk about the great escape. And this dude is, it's, he's, no, no prison can hold me. You can hear him in the bear meeting, you know? He's sitting around going, the other guy's going, dude, they feed us. We get a nice place to sleep. We don't have to do anything, man. What's your deal? You're going to ruin it for all of us. And he's like, I got to get out. I got to get out. No prison. I can't stand the walls. They're they're closing in on me. I just picture this happening, you know? Mm -hmm. The Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm. The Mark and Mac Show. And, you know, Mark, we have seen trends in crime over the last 20 years that have been, got to be honest, a little bit shocking. Um, I remember the, the one that got me the most, and it happened uh, the first time I remember happening at the University of Alabama, where out of the blue, you guys walking down in campus, we, he's got a laptop and a bag, and just out of the blue, he gets attacked by a couple of guys, and they take his bag, they take his computer, and take off. Just, yeah. I mean, a mugging, yeah. you know, in broad daylight. Yep. And it, that's the first, it wasn't the first time it had happened. It just became a thing, you know, uh, it even had a name at the time. I don't remember what it was. I just remember it was like, dude, 
what are you willing to do to keep your stuff? You know? Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I've, I've never been jumped in public like that. Yeah. And so I don't know how I would react. Mm. Um, but I know that we see these things happening and they're getting even more and more severe yeah. over smaller items. And New York city is like ground zero for most of these things. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have been, we used to call it being mugged, but right. But to this is just people flying by and grabbing something off of you. Right. And right. You've seen a video of people, women having their purchase purses snatched yeah. and things like that. Well, at least 21 people in New York city have had their fancy Apple headphones stolen right off their heads by a roving team of moped riding bandits. The wow. thefts started on January 28th and have typically involved four people on two mopeds riding up to victims from behind, snatching their a- Apple AirPods Max headphones, and then speeding off. Now, these Apple AirPod Max headphones uh, currently retail for $549 a set. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. They're, these aren't earbuds, right? No, these are full-blown headphones that... Uh, they're very sophisticated, okay. and from what I I haven't actually listened to them, but I've watched a mm-hmm. lot of video reviews, and everybody who reviews them says there's nothing else quite like them. They're just really the sound quality is incredible, and the ability to do certain things, special features, and such that they're just amazing, absolutely amazing. They, they say they are noise canceling. Yes, right? they are. Yeah, which you, okay. you you when you choose noise canceling on your iPhone, it, you literally are isolated and you hear nothing outside nothing wow now i have a set of their uh airpods pro that do Mm -hmm. that but i understand the the big ones are even more effective all right so if you get the apple airpods max okay Mm -hmm. the real not earbuds full-on headphones they are not some cheap yeah just saying because if i got them mark if somebody until today if somebody had given me those, I would have been thankful. I, yeah. Thanks for thinking of me. Right. But I'd be like, eh, they're not earbuds. You know, no, no. These, these, are, yeah. these are really something. They really are. Wow. They, and this, these, uh, these, these thieves have struck all over Manhattan, including one incident in Central Park with victims ranging from 18 to 41. The bulk mm-hmm. of the thefts happened in mid to late afternoon. Five headphones were stolen on February 8th. Eight were taken on the 18th. The thieves remain at large. No arrests have been made. Police uh, have released a photo of suspects riding mopeds and a video showing one of them getting off a moped, carrying two AirPod Max headphones and walking into Washington Square Park. Unlike AirPods and AirPods Pro, the in-ears, the small ears that fit inside, Mm -hmm. uh, the AirPods Max headphones rest over the ears and have an adjustable headband. They're they're like traditional headphones without a cable. They're wireless. Yeah, they're wireless. Yeah. Which is why they're so easy to snatch and go. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and and here's the thing. On one hand, it's a crime. I, yeah. I you know, you're, you're stealing something that does not belong to you. On the other hand, what are you thinking wearing these things out walking around in public? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and we have had, uh, I'm still a little stuck on the AirPod thing yeah. from a minute ago. Not AirPods, but the, you know, it's funny how Mark traditionally, um, if you remember back in the, uh, back in the day, let's just say that we, um, had the little AM radio, the, uh, <laughs> little transistor radio. Remember yes, that? Yes. And it had, it was a AM transistor radio. So it was all mm-hmm. mono, meaning you had an earbud. Yeah. Now I'm wearing earbuds right now. Okay. And this one of them is 
almost identical to what I used as a kid listening to my little transistor radio. But it sounds a lot better. Yeah. Well, of course it does because, you know, stereo and all that. But technology has come a long way. too. Back then, the uh, earbud thing, I mean, it it worked great. Yeah. The only problem was that, you know, they were white and Mm -hmm. they weren't really soft. No. And. You know, usually your papa had them before, and so they were all yellow, and it was kind of gross. And they were one size, and one size did not fit all. Right, but they told you it did, so <laughs> yes, there you go. right, yeah. <laughs> but the whole thing is, we went from that, and then as the 80s rolled around, all of a sudden the boombox came in, and oh, wow. it was a thing, okay? It yeah. wasn't just enough to have a boombox. It was the bigger the boombox, the better. All right. right. Yeah. You had dudes. And if you go look at anything from like, I think it's in the opening to welcome Matt Cotter <laughs> showing a guy walking down the street, you know, and he's got this huge boom box on his shoulder. All right? right. Yeah. That was a big thing for a while. Mm-hmm. And then it was like getting smaller again. You know, we the went Walkman. back from the, the Walkman. Yes. The yeah. Walkman. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And now you had this little thing and you had those little lightweight earbud uh, earphones, um, the little, you know, they were soft and they actually, for what they were, sounded pretty good. Yep unbelievable at then uh, again then we went to the what we've had recently the little earbuds that go in your ears with no they connect by bluetooth there's mm-hmm. no wires yep. they're very cool okay and, and you're listening to music on what's in your pocket mm-hmm. your phone yeah right and so now after going through all of this trouble to make things smaller and less obtrusive and just really <laughs> now we're going the opposite direction again next thing you know yep you and I are going to be carrying around a phone that's got a rotary <laughs> dial on it, Mark. That's what we're going to have next. We're going to have to have a backpack to carry our phone. It's going to have to be bigger. That's where we're headed. We're headed back to the bag phone. Back to the future, buddy. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark when uh, i'm looking at this headline okay yeah walmart parking lot pole famous for causing crashes <laughs> now stopping right there i'm thinking okay it's famous for causing crashes i don't recall this particular pole i don't know where it is and i you know i i know that there's a pole um that i can it, it used to be a grocery store in Aniston that mm. that LaDonna and her mom and grandma used to go to. And <clears throat> it was a grocery store at the time. Then it became a, a funeral home. Then it became nothing. But back then, it was a grocery store. And in the middle of this grocery store parking lot, there was a pole, a light pole that had been bent a little bit. <laughs> you could see it. It was there the whole time, okay? Yes. A bent pole. Yes. And while it changed from a grocery store to a funeral home to whatever, they never fixed the pole. Mm-hmm. And one day we're driving down there and I told LaDonna, I said, how funny is it that the entire time I've lived here that nobody's bothered to fix this pole? And she goes, well, you know what happened? And I thought there was going to be some historical thing mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. And she said, well, uh, me and Gary, her older brother and, uh, Mimi and her mother when this is when LaDonna was like five. Okay. They had gone to that grocery store and Mimi was driving and LaDonna and Gary were fighting over pig knuckles. <laughs> Who was going to get the pig knuckles? And apparently <laughs> during this uh, fight over the pig knuckles, uh, the granny, uh, Ma- Mimi's mom turns around to smack him because that's what old people did to kids back then. Yep. And she said, well, I want the pig knuckles. 
And somehow when she grabbed him, she knocked Mimi in the back of the head, caused Mimi to back up into the pole, nearly knock it over. That's funny. And so that's the uh, next time you're up here, I'm going to show you the and famous. It's, it's been that way pick, ever since. Yep. Pig knuckle pole. Been that way since 1969. That's you know? funny. You know, there's you've been to Main Street Animal Clinic. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. There's, they have a sign out front that they, it's a reader board sign. They go out and they change the funny, they put funny messages out on the sign mm-hmm. out on the, uh, out on the main road. And, uh, it got backed into cause that, that parking lot's kind of tight. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And that, that sign got backed into a few times. So they put up bright yellow metal poles next to the sign to keep people from backing into that brick fixture. And those, right. those things are all bent up because people yeah. keep backing into those. <laughs> people love pig knuckles, Mark. I know what it is. Well, there's something special about a traffic pole in a Walmart parking lot in Auburn, Maine. People keep hitting it with their cars. The Boston Globe is tweeting about the pole because it's caused so many accidents. It's, it's famous now. Quote, a pole in Walmart parking lot in Maine has become an inter- internet sensation. Why? Because drivers keep running into it. The local police chief, Jason Moan, said there were at least 130 calls to police for crashes at this sign since 2020. Wow. It's a bright yellow pole with a well-lit stop sign on the top. It would seem that would be highly visible, and there's no explanation as to why so many drivers run into it. In fact, there are two such traffic poles in this parking lot causing havoc to the point where both have been painted special colors, banked with concrete barriers, and had lights attached, but all to no avail. Local myth says the poles have special car-attracting powers. Hmm. People take selfies with the crash-creating traffic poles. There's even a Facebook group called the Auburn Walmart Pole Strikes Again. It has 7,500 members. Holy moly. In 2021, the poll earned a spot, a spot in a local woman's obituary, which asked <laughs> that in lieu of flowers, mourners of Janet Morse, please donate to the removal of the notorious Auburn Walmart poll that has led wow. to the needless destruction of countless vehicles. <laughs> you know, Mark, you would think that it was like out there in a weird spot in mm-hmm. the in the parking lot. It's yep. not. No. It's like. If you go to the park, if you look at this, you know, you have the front of the Walmart store and you have the little, the road back and forth in front of it. And it's the pole that separates that area with the parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. where you're going to park cars. It's yeah. like where you would probably have handicap parking mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, the pharmacy parking stuff. Yeah. It's one of those. And it's yeah. not a big pole. It's kind of small. Yeah. It's kind of like you see the poles that uh, there's a walkway area with all the hash marks yeah. on it to, to separate the parking area from the doors. Yep. It's, it's, it's like one of those. It's just yeah. sticking up there to wow. tell you, hey, you need to stop and let people walk by here. Wow. And people have just beat the thing to pieces. <laughs> I'm, it's time to either go big or go home. Make it bigger or get it out of there. Uh-huh. liferadio.fm Mark and Mac show and Mark there are there are several I uh bugs snakes things like that that right. do cause me to just you know are you saying you um, don't like spiders and snakes eh, and and you know <laughs> we call Jim Bill. Stafford <laughs> yeah please do but anyway there's just certain ones that look scary I don't know if they're dangerous or not they just look scary and tarantulas mm. are in that group uh-huh which would explain why that one was featured in the Home Alone film, you know? Right. <laughs> it was a pet. <laughs> well, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has donated 
169 confiscated tarantulas and offered them to the school of Ames this month. Uh, the, the tarantulas, not much bigger than a fingernail, arrived on Valentine's Day and were carefully unboxed by university's insect zoo staff and student workers. The school said 10 of the tarantulas went to its 17-acre property called Ryman Gardens. The rest will be raised in the insect zoo until they get bigger. Jenny Mitchell, insect, insect zoo education program coordinator, said she hopes to keep half the tarantulas at, high, at Iowa State, where they'll join other venomous species of spiders and scorpions as permanent zoo residents. The other half will be offered to other zoos when they're big enough. Tarantulas are among many animals trafficked in the illegal pet trading industry. Um, She says many animals such as tarantulas are collected in the wild and sent to other countries for the pet industry. When animals are taken out of the wild, it reduces the general population and gene pool, which can lead to the decimation of the species. Mm. But still, they... they, Come on, it's tarantulas. Yeah, but here's another thing. It's not just the... The, the, the spiders are there, okay, and this right. university has them and they're studying them. They intercepted them, them somehow. I, are they are they sending these bugs in the mail? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. if you're a postal carrier, or you're working for UPS or FedEx, do you know what's in all your packages? Oh. Could it be tarantulas? The size of a fingernail? <laughs> they get into your house, into your walls. Uh-huh. Think about and that. Make, yeah. I, Think yeah. about one of them getting out of the package and finding a, nope. a, a nook or a cranny like in your hoodie or whatever. It gets You get it home, and it and it gets out of your stuff and gets you, into the attic, and the next thing you know, you've got this five-inch spider living in your house. When I call you tomorrow morning and say I ain't coming in because <laughs> I haven't slept yet. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show where we've had monkeys and bears and escaped uh, cats and now the Quahog clam. <laughs> the Quahog Is it clam. Quahog? Quahog? I, I don't know. I don't live there. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, well, I don't. Mark, it's a clam. And it's I a mean, big clam. <laughs> how big? Two and a half pounds. Oh, okay. That's a big clam. Yeah. 2.6 pound, I'll just say quahog, clam, uh, clam that made a rare visit to the Florida coast is believed by researchers to be 214 years old. Wow. I bet he's got some stories to tell. What's his social security check like? Blaine Parker said he was collecting shellfish to make chowder, chowder. At Alligator Point in St. James Island, uh, on St. James Island in Franklin County, when he found this gigantic Quahog clam, an Atlantic species found most often in North Carolina. He said, we were just going to eat it, but we thought about it a while and figured it was probably pretty special, so we didn't want to kill it. Parker took the clam to the Gulf Specimen Marine Lab in Panacea, and that's where researchers confirmed it was much larger than the average Quahog which typically weigh up to half a pound and measure up to 4.3 inches in length. Parker's clam was measured at six inches long. Researchers said the alternating bands of light on the clam's shell indicate it was born in 1809, the same year Abraham Lincoln was born. Wow. Yeah, Parker uh, called his find Abraham Lincoln 
Oh. And lab officials said Lincoln is believed to be the fourth oldest clam on record. The oldest, a quahog named Ming, was discovered off the coast of Iceland in 2007, and they determined that one was 507 years old. Parker, wow. said, Parker and researchers at the lab agreed to return the clam to the Gulf of Mexico. He said, well, we just figured we he won't live very well in captivity, and I think he's earned the right to stay out there. Wow. That's I mean, that really is remarkable. We can make fun of it all we want. That's that's pretty amazing. It really is. I left my harp in Sam Clam's disco. <laughs> Life Radio FM. It's the Mark and Mac show, and there are themes that run through our show. There will be a theme of car crashes and stupid criminals, <laughs> Guinness Book of World Records, and yep. then. There are days like today where it's Animal Day. I mean, it really we're is. talking, we had Sam Clam, you know, we had yeah. the, the bear, the cat. Uh-huh. We started back in the day with, I don't know what it was then. I mean, it's been so long ago now, but uh, the monkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we've had yeah. the monkey. We had the missing cat that I don't think was missing at all. I think he ran away from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Nine got the years. turtle with the Lego wheelchair. Yep. Uh, yep. The bear. Second yep. escape from the zoo, which again, uh-huh. at what point do you realize, guys? That, you know, <laughs> and then of course we have Sam the clam. So uh-huh. just yeah. yeah. Oh, and wait a minute, the scorpions got scorpions. Got to oh, throw those oh, in there. Oh no, no tarantulas. Or tarantulas. Yes, tarantulas. Tarantulas. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So now, what other kind of animal thing can we put in the show, Mark? Well, <laughs> workers at a Scottish farm said a the mystery of how sheep were escaping from their pen was solved. When a Leicester sheep named Lucy was caught on camera, opening the latch with her mouth, the White yeah. House farm in Morpeth posted a video to Facebook showing Lucy the sheep sticking her head through the fence and using her mouth to undo the latch. Lucy then pulls the gate open, allowing her and the rest of her comrades in the pen to wander loose. They, they posted on Facebook, a mystery has been solved today at White House farm. We have been puzzled for some time how the same pen of sheep keep getting out. <laughs> well, that's a smart sheep. Yeah. She watched how they opened the gate and said, oh, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, why did it take them so long to figure this out? I mean, you, come on, guys. Really? I mean. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. Mark and Mac show, and you better have the uh, jingle ready, man, or oh. our sounder or whatever we have, because ladies and gentlemen, proof positive that men do not wash their beards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. What is that? It's a, it's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't know that. It looks like a lamb. You remember what? I'm sorry. I No, it's just that when Kenny Rogers was like, you know, just king of the world, you know, for a couple of years. And yeah women everywhere he's so sexy you know mm-hmm. yeah and i'm like dude i saw kenny rogers one time and i know there was mustard in that beard from a hot dog he ate in 68 you know <laughs> not saying it's dirty but he washes yeah. it out every weekend and makes leftover soup come on people. Ba-dum-bum. yes there you go. well an idaho man whose facial hair has earned him 12 guinness world records added wow. a 13th title to his name when he fit 2470 q-tips in his beard Joel Strasser of Kuna said it took about two hours to insert the cotton swabs into his beard in a way that they would remain in place during his visit to Las Vegas, and he believes he could have set the record even higher if he'd bought more Q-tips for his attempt. Wow. Uh, Strasser 
previously made headlines in December of 2022 when he put 710 Christmas baubles into his beard for a world record title. We had that story. And again in January when he broke the record for fitting pencils into his beard on live with uh, Kelly and Ryan. He says, I got more Guinness World Records coming up. I've got 13 so far, but I'm not done. I'm going to keep doing them until I can't think of anything more to put in my beard. Strasser's other world record titles include most paper straws in a beard, most straws in a beard, most chopsticks in a beard, most golf tees in a beard, most forks in a beard, most most toothpicks in a beard, most clothespins in a beard, most chopsticks put into a beard in one minute, and most pencils put into a beard in one minute. (laughs) Hey, man, you talk about making something happen with, you know, good for him. Yeah. I mean, can you, you know, you can grow a beard, right? You could, yeah, you actually I could. have good, I, I, could, I can't, yeah. I mean, I could, but it'd be really fugly because mine, like the way my facial hair grows in, mm, it just yeah. is weird, you know? Yeah. And I see these guys with those long grizzly Adams beards going on and uh-huh. like, that's a thing now. Yeah. And I, it, it yeah. doesn't, it's not my thing. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I've got the goatee now, but I could do the long, I could do the full beard and I have in the past. Right you know yeah it's man just, it, and and you know there's something about that you just eh, you just trim up every now and then trim up around it when you're starting to feel grizzly you know, right yeah, but, but now they don't now yeah, the thing no. is to let it grow it's uh-huh. the thing yep and i'm really like is. dude i mean at what point do you look at this and go i look like a caveman uh, you know you see what the duck dynasty guys got started see there you go <laughs> Life Radio FM, Mark and Mac Show, winding things down for today, and we appreciate you. Yeah. Um, if you're hearing this on Wednesday morning, it's the show from yesterday. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to it on today, on today, <laughs> on the 28th, well, it's the yeah, come on. anyway. So there was a story that came up eh, a couple weeks ago, I guess, mm-hmm. and I thought there was something fishy about it, but I'm like, um, right, yeah. A guy claims that, you know, he survived at sea and uh, with just, what, Heinz ketchup packets yeah, yeah. or something? Yeah, packets of ketchup and okay. some seasonings and some instant soup, that kind of stuff. I know Heinz was looking for him. Yeah, well, Heinz set out a uh, set out on a mission to find this guy named Elvis Francois, the man who survived nearly a month at sea by eating nothing but ketchup and seasonings. And Monday, the company says they found him. They found him in, in Dominica, thanks to the Internet and local reporters. Uh, Francois, he's 47, rose to internet fame earlier in the year when he was rescued by the Colombian military who shared that Francois became lost while working on his boat in St. Martin after he, after the weather shifted and carried him out to sea. He wasn't able to navigate his way home, so all he could do was sit down and wait and live off little bits of food he had on board, ketchup, garlic powder, and Maggie, or Maggie, that's a brand of soup. His huh. story prompted Heinz to put out a call for people to help uh, them find the ketchup boat guy so they could gift him a new boat that they promise will be equipped with full navigational technology to avoid another disaster <laughs> in the future. Wow. Well, a spokesman, a spokesperson for Heinz told CBS News Monday the hunt is over. Uh, through the power of social media, Elvis was located in the Caribbean on the island of Dominica. Uh, the company said that its Instagram post reached 4.8 million people and garnered more than 4,000 likes. That's a brand record. It helped them get in touch with local Dominican news outlet Emo News, who the company said was able to contact Francois. In a Facebook post, Emo News said it can confirm that the representatives of Heinz had a successful meeting with Elvis Francois via Zoom. Wow. 
I, I think that's great. Yeah. You know, and I hope it's true. I'm glad he survived, but there is one person that's going to be out of work, Mark. Um, oh, it's a spokesperson for Heinz because <laughs> the spokesperson said hunt. Now hunts ketchup oh. and Heinz ketchup battle it out. And they say the hunt is over. If I'm with hunts, even Heinz needs hunt. Even, you know, that's what I, you would see the ad running today everywhere. Yeah. That's just wrong. Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac show weekday mornings only on life radio.fm.